companies. And so there's some reason to be optimistic and excited about what's happening in Cuba. But I think it's going to be a slow grinding process. It is still a very profoundly bureaucratic place, especially for businesses. Hmm. Carter Garcia writes for the blog FT Alphaville. He is uh, on our air every couple of three weeks or so on a Friday. Thanks, man. Thanks, Scott. On Wall Street today, a little bumpy, mostly to the downside. Everybody's pretty much waiting for Fed Chair Janet Yellen's press conference tomorrow. We will have the details when we do the numbers. I say bend the cost curve. The health policy aficionados among you know exactly what I'm talking about. The idea that was, to be clear, a key White House talking point during the healthcare debate, that we kind of have to change the rate at which healthcare costs are rising in this economy. On that note, this, the growth rate of what we all paid for prescription drugs slowed dramatically last year. We'd all be paying a whole lot more if it wasn't for generics. They account for as much as 85% of all the meds that we take. The Food and Drug Administration wants to make sure consumers have as many generic choices as possible. So to that end, it's going to prioritize any generic drug application when there's currently just one manufacturer making the drug in question, the name brand drug in question, I guess I should say. From the health desk at WHYY Marketplace's Dan Gorenstein has more on that. In about a year, the heart medication Isopro went from 50 bucks a dose to 1800 A drug pharmacist Aaron Fox says University of Utah Healthcare had always stocked on crash carts. Basically, it's kind of what you might see on TV that, you know, code blue, cardiac arrest, everyone's rushing around. Uh, you might administer this to try to help with that. Truly life-saving. Absolutely. Absolutely. It can be. At 1800 bucks a dose, it got pulled off the carts, only to be used in extreme emergencies. This is what happens when a company has a lock on a given drug. Some estimate there are 500 generic drugs for everything from cancer to multiple sclerosis to heart disease that currently have virtual monopolies. And companies like Valiant and Turing have taken advantage. This is a good circumstance of the FDA actually getting out in front of the problem before it becomes serious. And I think this is a program that I believe is really going to have significant impact. Peter Pitts is a former associate FDA commissioner. Pitts hopes cutting the application process from two to three years to as short as six months will help clamp down on some of the price gouging. Former industry CEO George Zorich wonders if that's enough of an incentive. If I'm a manufacturer, I'm hard-pressed just to drop everything without some maybe some real frank discussions with them. Several major generic manufacturers and the industry trade group declined interview requests. In statements, several simply said competition is important, perhaps an indication that speeding up the FDA process is just one of several steps needed to drive more competition. I'm Dan Gorenstein for Marketplace. Avon is one of those quintessentially American brands, yeah? So it's news that the company is moving to the U.K., all right, before you go there, though, Avon says this is not, repeat, not one of those tax avoidance schemes, what have come to be called corporate inversions. The company says it's moving to cut expenses as it tries to rehabilitate its beleaguered business. Marketplace's Nova Sappho has more on why Avon needs a makeover. In the 50s and 60s, Avon, which is focused mostly on women's cosmetics, ran commercials with this catchphrase. Avon calling. 
Today, that door-to-door model is pretty outdated. You know, Avon would come calling and there'd be no one home. Barbara Kahn is a marketing professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. No one home, Kahn says, because more women today are working. Compound that with increased competition online. There is a lot of these subscription services, Birchbox, where you get a box of cosmetics to try at home. The result is four years of falling sales at Avon. But internationally, it's a different story. Avon CEO Sherry McCoy, speaking recently on CNBC, said the brand is doing better overseas. We are still growing our representative base. So women are still coming in. They love the products. They want the earnings opportunity. And so if you look at the health of the brand, mm-hmm. it's still very strong. So Avon is now solely focused overseas. It sold its North American business to a private equity firm, and it's reducing costs, cutting 2,500 jobs and moving its headquarters to the U.K. to combine with existing operations there. J.P. Eggers is an associate professor of management and organizations at NYU. If most of the organization's operations are no longer U.S.-based, then realistically being closer to where most of their operations are should allow...